There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Tommy giving it the double wave because he is doubly as happy for doubly more races and doubly more qualifyings because it's sprint race week and we have just experienced the Friday qualifying for Qatar for the Sunday, not for tomorrow. Tomorrow we reset and we go again. I don't know how many times we've had a sprint this weekend where it's this. Is it the fourth, fifth one? Don't quote me on it, but um, fourth, I'm still not fourth, I think. fourth. I'm still not used to it. Uh, the fact that, yeah, we, this is deciding the grid for, for Sunday. It will still confuse me until um, it's a more regular part of the, the weekend. The day you die, maybe, maybe. even. We, we never know. Uh, but we've got lots to get into because it was, a, it was a qualifying that still had the same person go to the top, as usual, but plenty of other things to talk about. Just a bit, to say the least. A lot of... Uh, one for Drive to Survive, I think they'll be uh, they'll be getting the popcorn out for this one. My word, did the uh, the DTS trailer need that? <laughs> Certainly did. Uh, now, before we dive into uh, what happened in Q1, Q2, Q3, we have new merch, which you can check out via the link in the description, which is very exciting, isn't it, Tommy? We've got new designs. Yeah. I am actually wearing new P1 merch right now probably thinking about racing, which it says several times on my chest. Uh, we've also got other uh, designs as well. Just go and check them out. Some things have them on the back as well, so it might just look like a plane or just the logo on the front. If you click onto it, you'll be able to see what's on the, the back as well. It's very exciting, isn't it, Tommy? Hell yeah. Lovely. Right, let's start with Q1 then. And it was Sergeant Stroll, Lawson, Magnuson, and Joe out. But the big, massive enormous talking point that we're going to begin with is Lance Stroll. But not because he's out in Q1, because that appears to be a running occurrence Stand. of him having poor qualifyings. It's that he um, decided to allegedly yeet his personal trainer in the, uh, in the garage, which, uh, I mean, I don't think there's really any other conclusion you can come from what we saw on the footage. We didn't see the guy getting pushed, but I don't think he was pushing thin air. No, uh, it was kind of, yeah, the camera angle didn't quite catch it, but you could kind of see what was going on. Um, and uh, yes, didn't look good. Um, Stroll's obviously not been driving very well, but that was the first kind of real... Uh, well, we, we've seen it before where he's looked a bit grumpy, but this looked like it's literally like he's just lost the plot now. Um, you know, we've we've seen it, like I say before, it's not a common thing for him to go out uh, in Q1 or have uh, rubbish qualifyings. It's kind of happened a lot for most of his uh, career, really. But um, this, th he's just like lost his head now. Like the pressure's clearly getting too much. He's having the worst form he's ever been in. He's getting absolutely demolished by Alonso. 
and um, yeah, just clearly for for him to lose it like that with you know a member of his own team uh, is is shocking, like really really shocking. It's it's such a bad situation now. Now, I'm not going to defend Lance Stroll's actions at all. But one thing I will question slightly on the uh, the personal trainer side is I don't really know what he was trying to achieve after Lance Stroll getting out of the car, being knocked out in Q1, knowing full well the world is going to come after him. And then he sort of just was trying to get in the way of Lance Stroll and sort of block him a little bit yeah, and try and make him go a different him way. And, yeah. Which, like, I mean, what Lance did is absolutely unacceptable. But I'm also questioning from his side, like... What, what, what are you trying to get from Lance in that particular moment? Uh, but that being said, Lance went far too uh, aggressive with it. You know, it's, it's really sad to see, to be honest with you. And and also with the, it wasn't like he'd even cooled down when he had the post-quality interview as well, because he gave, well, he swore at the beginning and then he gave one word answers. And I mean, one word answers for Lance Stroll is, you know, a few usually, but he literally was very much cutthroat, keep driving, goodbye sort of thing. And uh, it just it just begs the question, if you're so unhappy, why do you continuously like stay in Formula One? Is it because you st- you're forced by your dad to be there or feel like you're forced by your dad to be yeah. there? Or is there still a love for F1? We don't know because the one thing we've always come back to is, well, he's not going to lose his seat because his dad's the boss. And perhaps that whole motivation sort of starts to go away. And that, But I don't know. It's such a strange scenario to evaluate because we don't, we don't see it. No, and it's getting embarrassing now. Like, sure, you know, Lawrence Stroll is too old to drive a Formula One car. You know, maybe he gives it a go in Kota. We'll, we'll see. But um, <laughs> he, he's clearly living his dream somewhat through, through his son. Uh, and kind of, yeah, now now Lance's career is kind of not getting any better. There's so much, yeah, there's been so much like media chat and it's clearly just got too much now. And you just have to wonder what they're gaining from this because, you know, Alonso is just embarrassing. Uh, the Stroll name, really, like <laughs> it has to be said because, you know, for all... Lawrence's uh, money that he's pumped into that team and Aston are having a very good season compared to last year, thanks to Fernando Alonso. Um, You know, even if Aston Martin did finish third or second in the Constructors' Championship, no one's going to be applauding the Stroll name uh, and go, and the narrative isn't going to be at the end of the season. Well, well done, Lawrence Stroll, for, you know, putting all the money in all the pressure and the talk of the Stroll name will be his son getting absolutely annihilated by Fernando Alonso and having an absolutely appalling season. Uh, and this is the worst of it. Do you think? Uh, do you think they got a little bit too confident, the Lance after Stroll Vettel. family, <laughs> after? Be- well, yeah, on the odd occasion, beating a checked out Sebastian Vettel and going, well, God, let's get another champion in. Let's see what Lance can do against <laughs> Fernando you know, in his 40s. Let's get the driver that's well known for absolutely obliterating his teammates. And, uh, you know, uh, the I think the only driver in F1 history that's whitewashed their, their teammates in qualifying on more than one season. Um, 
And yeah, maybe it is a case that they've completely underestimated what Fernando Alonso uh, will do um, because it's now getting to the point where Fernando can't even do his thing of being like, well done, Lance, keep going. You might get 16th next time. Keep pushing. Well, not that kind of pushing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not good. Not good. Not good at all. Question from our P1 Patreon Discord, and this comes in from Blue Stucky 79 Do we think Lance's head has finally gone? It's not exactly been a great year for him, but it looks like something finally snapped in him tonight and he doesn't look like he even wants the seat anymore. I think that there is definitely, this has been the most, or the biggest indication for us that Lance is not happy. I think you, you know, you can take the heat, the humidity, you know, the pressure, everything that went on in that particular Q1 session and, and jump to conclusions. I'm sure once Lance has cooled down, he won't be like that when we next see him tomorrow. Uh, but, he wasn't able to remain professional. And I wonder if Aston Martin will even say anything about this as well. That's another thing of like, are they yeah, going to clearly air actually. with him? Because it's clear that he has used some sort of physical action against another member of Aston Martin's staff. So how do they play that is another thing that oh, I'm, I'm yeah, questioning as well. Because you know they can't just say nothing, surely. Uh, that, that would be even more embarrassing, really, if he just they just get to tomorrow and... You know, we have the sprint shootout and goes out in Q1 again, but doesn't push his uh, uh, personal trainer over and it's all like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, you do. He you only do pushes think... his personal trainer over 50% of the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you surely think then Aston Martin should kind of issue some kind of statement. I, I mean, you, you'd think once it's cooled down, whether he means it or not, um, there'll be some kind of tweet that's like, Lance apologises for his actions. This is the thing. He'd, he'd have it. to actually say something, wouldn't he? On yeah. video, where it's like, I, you know, I regret my rea- my actions of, of what he did because I think just putting a tweet or a bit of text out, everyone's just going to be like, well, whatever. This could be anything. Yeah, but yeah. It, it would be quite embarrassing if, if, you know, they cover it, like, don't say anything because then it, it's even more kind of like a, the team is scared because it's the boss's son kind of situation. So, yeah. We a, shall see, eh? It's a, it's a, for a team that should be celebrating as being like the most improved team on the grid, this, this situation is kind of weirdly bad for them. Like, it's like a, it's kind of putting a damper on, on, what should should in theory be a great season for Aston Martin. Exactly. Now let's move on, shall we? To Q2, where we speak about Sonoda, Sainz, Perez, Albon and Hulkenberg. And as you may well have guessed, there's two big old scalps there from the Ferrari and Red Bull teams. Sergio Perez probably even, well, I sh- it should be more surprising, Perez being out in a Red Bull, but it's the eighth time this year he has failed to make Q3, and I regret putting in my predictions <laughs> that Perez would finish <laughs> P3. But once I'd seen free practice one, you know, I spoke to you, Tommy, didn't I, on the stream before qualifying happened, that this guy, these kind of conditions, low grip, easy to make mistakes, track limits is rife, that it's just not a Perez situation, and, no. well, he proved it. I think you even 
legitimately said something like this has Austria all over it all over again um (laughs) and sure enough you know um had his lap time deleted for track limits he wasn't looking particularly quick anyway but clearly the Red Bull had the pace to well get to pole in in the in the hands of a teammate um but yeah so it's another another shocker uh for for Perez um because again like didn't didn't need to do it like he had time in the bank uh to to easily get through there's something fundamentally wrong isn't there tommy we've said this so many times now but the more it happens the more we start of eke into next year now and you start to question where the red bull sit on this is it as simple as right sergio if you secure p2 in the drivers championship no problem you know we'll see you next year we'll reset or is there more to this because Red Bull have this luxury now, but they won't forever. And no. obviously they have to future-proof themselves as much as live in the moment of, oh, well, it's fine. Max can win the constructors and the drivers on his own. That's not going to happen forever. This kind of domination, as we know with Formula One, it, it chops and changes. So, like, what is what is happening? He's got no confidence in that car, does Sergio? You know, I remember riding on board with him and just seeing him in that Q2 session. There's just no confidence in in that car and how it's set up and 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 how it's built. Yeah, it does it does seem like you know maybe Red Bull need to think about someone that's got a not too dissimilar driving style uh, to um, Verstappen because we've seen what Perez can do when the car is you know uh, more in more suited towards him. You know, I don't think if you put a car that's suited towards him, he beats Max but he's certainly a lot closer to him and picking up second places, which is exactly what you do. But you can't blame Red Bull, really, with how dominant Max is becoming and the legacy that he's kind of, you know, building um, for them to kind of do that because it looks amazing for, for Red Bull to, you know, go on this, like, insane winning streak with Max. But it's clear that them pushing that car to be perfect for Max Verstappen is making it... There's a mix of confidence, but I do think that as well it is like... It's clearly a car that Perez just is not happy with and it doesn't suit his driving style at all. Of course, you know, you can argue adaptability is something that that is a great thing in Formula One and and that's what makes the great drivers great. But, um, yeah, you you do wonder if we keep seeing Perez getting knocked out and having these scrappy races that maybe you know cuz he doesn't need it doesn't need to be beating max doesn't even you could argue doesn't even need to be finishing second like podiums fourths fifths but at the moment you know not even making it into to Q3s and then goodness me like that last race like just when you thought surely it can't get any worse and then He's just—he's not picking himself up, is he? From these moments, so you just wonder when it's going to change. I think he is just waiting for the season to be over. To be honest yeah, with you, it's yeah. probably quite painful, especially considering how well it started. It's mad to think we're speaking about it like this and his his performance. And oh, can he even be P two in the drivers' championship after how strongly he started the season? It's also mad that um, you know we're talking about Lance and should he keep his seat? You know, is is absolutely appalling and. Sergio Perez, I know, I know it's the the gap, but it is insane, isn't it, that he could well 
quite easily still finish second and it's looking like he will um very least third and it's insane that we're like are they going to keep him like imagine <laughs> imagine how bad it has to have been to to finish second in the drivers championship and your seat is under threat when it's crazy that isn't is it? the job that he's there to do really finish second but yeah it's it's, it's bad very bad yeah, I think obviously it's a saving grace the the car and 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 the performance that he has under his uh, under his bottom when he's in that car, uh, for want of a better phrase. Anyway, moving on now to Carlos Sainz. Uh, he also was out in Q two, had his lap time deleted. Uh, it was such tricky conditions out there. Um, we saw that through practice, and we also saw that saw that throughout qualifying, uh, which made it difficult for all the drivers. Um, Carlos Sainz being being one of them as well. And yeah, it's uh, a difficult. Difficult session for him, um, starting just ahead of Perez. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how those two um, f- sort of fare moving through the field. I, you wonder how far they're actually going to get. I, I, th- I genuinely think the race is going to be such a mystery with only having one practice session, all of this sand that's around, and we don't know necessarily whether it's going to be the same problem for tomorrow and for Sunday. But you know, having that those those variables. It's not rain. It's what's on the track and it being green as it's known, but with sand rather than just general dust. Yeah, it seems like, uh, if you remember our wonderful um, <laughs> Carlos Sainz interview we did uh, and the the kind of fascinating chat he had about how you have to, when it's a, a wet track and you've got that slick line and you can't put your car slightly off it, it's like that same situation, but it's sand. And uh, we've seen what happens when you do get it, you know, a spoiler alert going into Q3 but you know even Max made a a mistake how often do we see that um so still got pulled by four tenths yeah exactly (laughs) but it it shows that you know a lot of drivers are getting caught out by this and the Ferrari I mean Charles Charles managed to to make it through but he was having quite the the um adventure shall we say for for a lot of the day really including practice and and quality the the car did not look hooked up which is a surprise because uh sprint weekends it's all been about our oh, ferrari just turn up and they're good and they get that no, that was you and... pushing that narrative tommy you mm. know what i mean yeah and look but... what happened to them <laughs> it's graceful True. but now what i will say is obviously that, that ferrari did question it at the time uh, they they ran the two cars in the gap in Q2 with about six minutes to go, which meant they were on the fresh, soft tyres earlier than everyone else when the track obviously continues to ramp up as we get later and later into the session. Both of them messed up their 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 lap that time. Carlos, I think, went wide and, uh, and, and, and Charles had the same issue around the same corner that he did about 12 times over the course of this weekend. I think turn, is it five? Well, I can't remember the, uh, the number of it, but... But yeah, and and so you know, you wonder why would Ferrari put pressure on the drivers like that as well? Because then it meant they had to go for another lap on on sort of slightly worn softs. But also, yeah, just just not a good qualifying for Ferrari and especially Carlos Sainz. And then I think finally for Q two, just to mention Yuki Tsunoda having a much better performance than Liam Lawson. We didn't really speak about Liam being knocked out in Q one, but I did say biggest flop, and that's a a good start for Liam Lawson for me to get. A point with that one um, but Sonoda just missing out uh, on Q3 although it did look like he could actually have made it through with his pace previously to that yeah because of the um the the drivers that got uh 
their lap times deleted. Sonoda missed it by the tiniest margin. Uh, I think it was Bottas. He has four, four thousandths thousands, of a second, yeah. which is insane. Um, and yeah, it was a brilliant qualifying performance from from Yuki when Liam was all the way down in eighteenth. Uh, uh, Yuki's put what six tenths on him? Yeah, six tenths on him in uh, in in Q one. Very very impressive. Um, and boy, has that that biggest flop curse hit hit Liam hard this weekend. But but Jake so far is, so far. Uh, joking aside, very very good. Uh, lap from Sonoda it does seem like you you're saying this in uh qualifying that it's one of those tracks that seems to suit certain drivers because you're like flying into to corners and and stuff and does seem like a, a Yuki Sonoda style track maybe yeah it's like suits certain drivers and then the best drivers in the grid on the grid yeah, like the yeah, Verstappens yeah. and the Hamiltons and the Alonzos so yeah interesting stuff just opened the door ajar, <laughs> didn't it? It yeah. gave us gave us a little bit of little hope, bit and I think Lando could have, in my opinion, taken pole position uh, tonight because he was tenth and a half off. I think wasn't the the cleanest of laps. I think up until the point in which he then obviously exceeded track limits. But I think it was there. It was up for grabs. I think it would have taken a, a worldie, but Max wasn't completely and utterly perfect. No, it is wild to think that that Max has messed up uh, his second run and is on pole by four tenths in the end uh, due to, obviously, the the penalties. Like you say, you do wonder, and we'll speak about him in a bit, if maybe the fact that that, that pole was there for the taking is maybe what thought Lando to like push a little bit more and not maybe kind of take it a bit more easy and slot into that four four tenth gap that he had to to go for p2 but um yeah max still it's insane really because you know his teammates not even made it into uh to um q q3 sorry (laughs) (laughs) i know it's it's i don't know what i know we should be in bed i don't know what is going on with with 
with me with the the sessions at the moment q1 <laughs> q2 q3 it's it's been like that for many years uh, and many for years reason, today i've just woken up and forgotten how it works um it's only been a week off but um yeah uh max putting four tenths on the the field is is quite insane really um just standard isn't it this year certainly is uh Let's speak about the McLarens then, as that wouldn't have been a four-tenth gap had it been for Lando uh, actually keeping it within the white lines. But unfortunately for Lando, P10 uh, for Sunday's race. Um, we did discuss it on the Twitch watch along. We said, look, you know, does Lando go out there and just set a bit of a banker on this last lap, not risk everything and, and go for pole? But then I, I immediately then went, no, it's the Formula One drivers. They're probably just going to send it. And that's what Lando did. And uh, he's, he's paying the price for it. He said he was very... Um, self-critical on the on the radio after after qualifying say he's saying he's so s-bomb uh sometimes which uh i mean I, I wouldn't say that it was you know that that bad it was it was a mistake and and whatnot and it's going to cost him for, for for sunday but <laughs> the reality is he's been very good this year and then oscar piastri finding out during his post-quali top three interview that he had his lap time deleted and that was so I mean, of all of the drivers as well, Oscar, the poor innocent soul, finding out yeah. that he's not in the top three anymore after Naomi going, well, why are you here? Fully expecting Lando to be there when in fact it should have been Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it's wild. And yeah, Oscar's reaction, bless him. It's just kind of a classic, very Oscar reaction of, oh, wonderful. Well, <laughs> or something, <laughs> yes. it's something along it's those so lines anyway. It's so deadpan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, I think uh, he gave it a tomorrow. thumbs up as well. Yeah, like. it was like great, uh, which is brilliant. But um, yeah, Lando's the 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 big one really. That you know, could, very easy uh, second place there uh, for him, and we'll be starting mid pack because of uh, what what's happened. So a big uh, a big mistake for him. For you know, I, I think Lando is one of the the best drivers uh, in F one. Uh, he's having a a brilliant season, uh, but one of his weaknesses is definitely track limits in those tricky qualifying laps where the the circuits where track limits is an issue. It always does seem to be he's one of those drivers that has been caught out a few times in his career. Um, so that's maybe something that yeah that that's caught him out again, but. Yeah, it's tough for McLaren because this this is obviously the qualifying for the race where you score the big points. And you've got to say that they should be taking two and three easy uh, here with, with a four-tenth gap to, to P2. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, it's a big uh, mistake for both of the drivers to have made because, as you say, they both should have potentially been in the top three and ahead of Fernando Alonso. Uh, McLaren are trying somehow to somehow P4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alonso up in P4, and McLaren are trying to mount a, a comeback to to pass Aston Martin in the constructors' championship. And Lando is the second highest scoring driver since Austria, behind Max Verstappen. Mm. And you're thinking, right, they continue this momentum, they're going to do it quite easily. But with Fernando up in P4, he's going to fight like a lion. Can he keep the McLarens at bay? We will find out. But definitely, points going to be missing because I'm sure Mercedes. They will execute as well, unless Russell goes in the wall. But Mercedes usually execute uh, to a to a very high level. So so let's see if they can hold on to the podium spots uh, when it comes to Sunday. Yeah, Mercedes 
That's a, that's a very Mercedes result, uh, I think, from what what I personally thought they'd be pretty poor here. Um, with, they looked bad in of, practice they, as they well. They did look very they, bad in practice. Yeah. High-speed corners, you know, they weren't quick in Suzuka. They are about a second off, off Verstappen, and I thought we were going to see much of the same, but uh, a 2-3 is a very uh, good result. Well, very, very good result. Um, and yeah, it's going to be <laughs> Lewis Hamilton starting third, and uh, Perez thirteenth. We we did say that is that P two possible? Uh, he's certainly put himself in a good position to the uh, fight bag for P two is on. I know. Oh, I can't wait for that graphic tomorrow of like match the stuff and win the title if uh, and it's like oh god yeah god. if he finishes yeah. in the let's, top six yeah let's on. pretend that Perez is in this when he's just not. isn't it the top six as well if maybe. If Perez wins, if I don't Perez know, wins, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so yeah, uh, we'll see on that one. Uh, whilst we're speaking about Mercedes as well, was a question from WV Phil: Was the pit lane stall by Russell fair? Well, Max Verstappen did it and got a reprimand. I don't actually, I didn't see anything about any investigations going on about George just stopping in the middle of the pit lane. Didn't see anything. No, actually. didn't see anything. Uh, They're too busy was, with track limits. <laughs> they probably. I can imagine it was the SpongeBob on fire meme of everyone running around with pieces of paper, yeah, with the track limits because it was. I don't know, like maybe a five, perhaps even six, seven minute delay between a driver setting a lap that was almost definitely invalid to it actually getting knocked out. Like you saw, like Carlos Sainz, for example, he had his lap time deleted from a previous lap. To the one he'd just set and, and things like that. Yeah, like Albon was like on a quick lap and then his lap got deleted for from the previous one. So he's managed to come in, you know, get ready for another run, go out. Um yeah. We could could rant about this all day, but these these tracks are not um the problem with track limits is that they just don't have the facilities to do it. Like they can't, well, can't police it. Yeah, I knew as soon as I said that. That's <laughs> the meme I thought of. But I love it, how it's... we've gone off on a tangent as well because we were supposed to be speaking about, speaking about Russell and his. Sorry, it, sorry, was it fair? But just just on track limits. Um, yeah, like they 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 just can't can't police it, and it's getting a bit ridiculous because it it does seem like they're relying on uh, people basically watching back replays of every single yeah. driver and then going, oh, there there you go, and then you know I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, you know, later tonight, someone finds another thing, um, and oh, someone else has done it, or whatever. Um, look at this, and then they go, oh yeah, a bit like Perez in Austria. But the the pit lane thing's a weird one because uh, the the Russell incident, because uh, I don't know, it's happened twice now. Uh, it's not something we've seen really before, and um, yeah, if they're if they're consistent, he'll just get a reprimand. So we'll see. I don't know what I don't like know what he's got to gain from it. Either, the Alpine was only just leaving the pits as well. It was very strange, and there was Hamilton behind him, so I'm sure there was a, a Twitter uproar around that as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't think it was massively uh, changing. It didn't do anything, Hamilton did it? It's a terrible lap that next lap. So I wonder if it was George Russell slowing down in the pit lane, which caused Hamilton to scrub his final run. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I. Don't, I I mean, it, it literally looked the same as Max Verstappen, so therefore it should be a reprimand. That's that's how I yeah, see it. But yeah, same. Maybe they see it as different. We shall see. Final question from our Patreon member, R Sport: Can the McLarens and Ferraris get back into the podium despite the surprises in Quali? I I think that's going to be a Mercedes 
lockout now for P2 and P3. That's how I see it after a very impressive qualifying performance. I think they could probably get to around fourth. For uh, I mean, Oscar's only sixth, so it really does depend on the on the race pace because FP1 was so irrelevant because of the fact of the the, the time of day and also the state of the track. I don't think teams probably got much data anyway on, on long run pace. I'm sure we can all put our money on Red Bull being fastest. But after that, it's a bit of a mystery. Yeah, it depends how quickly Toto comes on the radio and tells Russell and Hamilton to stop fighting when they're pushing each other off the, the track and <laughs> uh, <laughs> going side by side to every turn and uh, uh, and kind of fighting each other. That is going to be quite fascinating to to see because you've got to say that Hamilton has had the race pace this year. Um, so you think would be a, a, a bit quicker in the race. Uh, Russell's not been afraid to sort of uh, battle as much as he can in those situations. So that could be a, a spicy thing to look forward to. Um, obviously, Charles Leclerc is probably in the the best bet, but Ferrari haven't looked particularly quick. Um, and we did, we did mention on our predictions that Oscar Piastri is, has maybe struggled a bit with tire wear, which I think will be a, a could be quite a big problem uh, come race day. Uh, so it's going to be a tough a tough ask because we know that the Mercedes are a lot quicker uh, in race trim than they appear to be in qualifying, and they've qualified really well. So they they will be tough to beat. They certainly will. Uh, before we go, it's probably worth mentioning both Alpines making it through to Q3. Big shout out to Gasly and Ocon finish, uh, starting 7th and 8th for, for Sunday's race. And Valtteri Bottas in yeah, the Alfa Romeo. Zhou Guan Yu starting 20th and Bottas up in 9th, uh, putting 1.4 seconds on Zhou Guan Yu's time in Q1. I'm sure there were some track limits slash what, traffic or sand or whatever that affected that. But still, Bottas, what a quality performance. And he definitely needs a small segment to to say well done right now, sure does yeah that's a that's a great performance to be uh, P nine. You've got to think that it's going to be a miracle if he he gets a point with with how with the cars ahead of him and also um, having quick cars like uh, Sainz and Perez behind him. But uh, you know Bottas showing that that he can have those brilliant qualifying performances like like we've seen from him. Uh, and that is a, a very good one indeed. So fair play, Bottas. Fair play, Bottas. And that is it. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening, as always, to this P1 podcast. Uh, we will be live on Twitch twice tomorrow. We'll be live for the sprint shootout. Woohoo. Another short quali <laughs> for the start of Saturday. And then we'll have the sprint later on as well. So we'll be live. Matt P1 Tommy on Twitch. Go follow if you haven't already. And, of course, you'll have all the glorious content you've come to know and love right in your ears or right in your eyes as always tommy what are your final thoughts my final thoughts are tomorrow uh well merchandise as matt's presenting of course um well but also tomorrow uh, i will be disappointed um after carlos's brilliant suggestion of reverse grids even though carlos himself and sergio perez have already tried their best to uh put that in place <laughs> <laughs> they're like hey look it's gonna be fun yeah, so it should be interesting. Right, we'll see you tomorrow for a complete reset where we do the sprint stuff and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Bye! Bye! Go to bed now, Tommy. Reset that brain <laughs> for tomorrow, all right? P1. 
is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 